a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So here we have the the promise of the virgin birth already. And and now it says that he, this promised seed, shall bruise you, the serpent on the head. So this, and you will bruise him on the heel. So uh, this is talking about the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus. So this is the first gospel. What in the world? The Lord's Supper is to help rediscover your innate goodness? Holy smokes. That's like saying that glasses are to make sure you can't see. It's like saying your shoes are there to make sure you can't walk. It's like saying it's like saying a boat is there so that you sink to the bottom of the ocean. That's the goofiest thing I've ever heard. Councilman Darren Lathan. Thank you, Mayor. On balance, I think as far as whether we do it on the 6th or the 12th, it matters about as much as my collection of Table Talk radio points. <laughs> I forgot about that. Because bad habits are hard to break, this is Table Talk Radio. By the way, did I hear, uh, did I hear the, you right when you said that our listeners have already raised $4 million for our trip to Madagascar? Um, no, you did not hear that correctly. Oh, okay. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, maybe by the time this airs, that will be true, uh, because they would have already gone to our website at tabletalkradio.org, clicked on the support <laughs> button, and then uh, in the process of the PayPal checkout in the notes section, typed Madagascar. I think that that is a very real possibility. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know how I, I misheard that. I don't know <laughs> what you were saying. But. <laughs> Ooh, man, I can't wait. Oh, we got to welcome a new affiliate. To oh, the Table Talk Radio right. family today, huh? That's right. Welcome to those listening in McCook, Nebraska on K&G. Uh, welcome to Table Talk Radio. You'll find Table Talk Radio is a unique radio experience. Uh, why don't you tell them uh, why it's so unique, Pastor Wolf, being there? Well, I don't, I don't know. Probably because we don't know what... Well, we are experts in mediocrity. I shouldn't say we don't know what we're doing. That's we are true. experts. We achieve mediocrity on a daily basis. Table Talk Radio is... A theological game show. In fact, it is the world's most famous and most popular Lutheran theological game show on the radio. Uh, and we will be that until someone else does it. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly in and, McCook, Nebraska. <laughs> and we play games, uh, and they, these are just an excuse to talk about theology and, uh, and goof around. Talk about a little law and gospel, things like that. So normally what we do is we start the show with buzzwords, and the way that works is we give each other words that we have to try to weave into the conversation uh, without the other person noticing throughout the remainder of the show. And if you do so, you receive 500 Table Talk Radio points. If it's noticed, then you receive the number of points the other person decides to give you based on the uh, smoothness of the mention of the thing. Then we normally read emails and things like this. we got some nice emails to read, and then we will do some games. I think today we are playing... Uh, bumper sticker theology and Facebook status theology and what voicemails, right? Yeah, that's right. Church signs. Uh, by the way, I want to tell you that Cain uh, and Gian was is particularly near and dear to my heart because uh, McCook, Nebraska, is just a couple hours away from my hometown of Yuma, Colorado. In fact, you don't even get on the interstate to get there. You just keep going down Highway 34. 
and you'll eventually bump into uh, McCook, Nebraska. So uh, I, I am pretty familiar with, with the area, and I'm glad that we were able to, to get our show on their station there. That's great. And you have other great news, too. Uh, Club Rogue, or no, uh, Faith Rogue River, the church there. Oh, yeah. I, now, see, this, uh, this is... You got... <laughs> You are now you you have uh, joined with Club Rogue River uh, and Public Library and have now have a new <laughs> you are approved with a lo- new low power FM dance station radio station right <laughs> almost you know I was thinking about this you know potentially it will be uh, uh, our Faith Lutheran Church in Rogue River will be starting a radio station in Rogue River. And um, I, I, I'm hoping that we can get Table Talk Radio on that station. But I was thinking um, how, how awkward that's going to be because we've had this running joke about Club Rogue River, and now the Rogue River will be in the conversation. It's kind of like when you're making fun of someone, they walk up and say, what are you talking about? Oh, um, nothing. Uh, nothing, just how <laughs> your hair looks really nice today. I mean, that's, that's sort of how I, I think this is going to go. Want to go clubbing? <laughs> <laughs> Want to go clubbing? It's, but, you know, it. it it's a kind of an affectionate teasing, you know. It's it's like uh, we oh, tease yeah. because we care. That's right. So. You know what it says? Club Aurora it doesn't <laughs> roll off the tongue nearly as nicely. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's first go to the buzzwords, Pastor. What buzzword do you have for me? My buzzword uh, for you today is synergism. Have we done that? I think so, but I think it's a good one to have again. Synergism, in general, may be defined as two or more agents working together to produce a result not obtainable by any of the agents independently. So says Theopedia.com. The words synergy or synergism come from two Greek words, erg meaning work and sin meaning together, hence synergism is working together. Regarding the doctrine of salvation, this is essentially a view that God and humanity work together, each contributing their part to accomplish salvation in and for the individual. Like the Roman Catholic that says you do meritorious works, or like the evangelical that says you make a decision for Christ. Uh, in other words, Theopedia continues, God has done his part, humanity must do theirs. This is opposed to the monergistic view, which means one worker, uh, namely God, held by the Reformed and the Calvinistic and the Lutheran groups, where salvation is seen as the work of God alone. There you go. They go on to say, this is interesting, a distinction is to be made, however, between Calvinism and Lutheranism, not an ism. Calvinism seems to have held that God's calling to faith is irresistible and as a result, not of God's mercy and grace in Christ, but rather flows out of God's divine decree of election. The Lutheran Church, however, holds that a person may choose to resist the work of the Holy Spirit. So, there you go. I have a synergism story for you. All right, I'm ready. Yesterday, I got a phone call from a local pastor who... um, was apparently a uh, chaplain at a, a pretty large um, rehabilitation center, and uh, he was calling for some uh, uh, religious art or some religious, you know, figures, crosses, whatever that uh, we would be willing to donate to their um, uh, prayer chapel that they're they're putting there in the at this facility. And I thought, oh, what a wonderful idea! Yeah, I wonder if we could find something like that. As he continued, he went on to explain, yeah, we want to represent all faiths, and um, that way we would have something from each religion in this room. And then I realized we didn't have a thing to donate to this project. Um, <laughs> had nothing to contribute. Because I did, oh, not yeah, want to, I did not want to participate in this idea that we can just put the Christian God alongside of all the other gods, and, uh, and, and everything is just uh, hunky-dory, as, as if the, the, all roads lead to Rome. 
Now, I think that means that might be your buzzword, which is close to mine, called syncretism. Um, that would be nice, but I have something else I want to do for a buzzword. <laughs> I have, okay, um, right, so my theological buzzword for you is justification. And I oh. have uh, two competing definitions. I want you to tell me which one you like better. All right. Okay, first one. Since justification as an uh, since justification as an application of the redemption to the individual presupposes the fall of the entire human race, the Council of Trent quite logically begins with the fundamental statement that original sin has weakened and def- defected, but not entirely destroyed or extinguished the freedom of human will. Whoa. So that's what... Hey, that's right. I like the second one best. <laughs> Uh, so you don't need me to read about the, the different states of the process? Of, okay, let's just go on to the second one. The second one is justification is the doctrine that God pardons, accepts, and declares a sinner to be just on the basis of Christ's righteousness, which results in God's peace, his—ooh, we should maybe talk about that—his uh, spirit and salvation. Justification is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ apart from all works and merit of the sinner. Where's that from? Theopedia. <laughs> so you get some sort of Catholic apologist and you get Theopedia, and those are my two options, huh? Yeah, sorry. Well, <laughs> okay, well, what, 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 might, you, what really, might you take uh, issue with the second one? Well, what I, I got to, it was, the problem is it's mostly the issue I take with it is it's too long. <laughs> <laughs> you just say justification is being declared righteous by Jesus because of his death on the cross. Uh, and we are then justified by faith when we believe that promise that our sins are forgiven. We have it. Yeah. So um, that's that's justification. And, and I think that the only little, I mean, the quibble I would have with the latter definition um, is that the, um, well, no, I guess I guess that's good. I, I guess I don't have a problem with that um, because that that this this peace that uh, we receive is something that is objective from us. Justification being. Christ's right. righteousness. So it's it's not it is not yet because we have to accept it, or in fact that we even have to believe it before we have peace with God. But uh, that is something that is done objectively. Now, I may not have peace. Uh, I, I personally may not have peace because I don't have uh, faith in that promise. Um, but that does not take away what God has objectively done before I even came into the process. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. That's right. So, so Paul can say, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God, etc. I mean, there's a lot of results of justification, uh, the, but justification is essentially itself this declaration of righteousness. So then, then there's a lot of things that come after that. I mean, even sanctification and good works and, and joy and eternal life, these are all the results of justification. But justification is in itself is this declaration, your sins are forgiven. Very good. After this upcoming commercial break, we're going to be reading a few emails what? and then getting to uh, some bumper sticker, church <laughs> sign, possibly. Facebook theology. I think your timer is broken. No, no. You you just kept going on and on and on. I said, when's this guy going to get them talking? Anyway, we'll do that after this break. If you uh, would like to contribute to our uh, uh, trip to Madagascar, in which Pastor Wolf and I will be flying over there to, to teach some seminarians, um, you can do so by going to our website, tabletalkradio.org, click on Donate, and do include the word Madagascar in the description when you make your donation. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. 
answering the age-old question. If a radio show is broadcasting and no one listens, does it still make a sound? back on Table Talk Radio. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by calling 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-7652 is the number. You can also send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org, and we might, just might, select your email to be read on the air here on Table Talk Radio. And I think that's what we're doing now, Pastor Wolfmuller. Yeah, that's right. I have an email from Samuel who writes, uh, and, he, and this is a request to, for, to start a new chapter of the Cult of Pure Doctrine. Oh, what's that? Uh, the Cult of Pure Doctrine, oh, that takes too long to explain. There's an inside joke about, because some pastors were making fun of some other pastors because they talked like we were the, uh, what does some guy, some pastor said? <laughs> it's like we're, we're a bunch of, we're a bunch of uh, chairmen of a bunch of cults of pure doctrine walking around here. And I said, that is fantastic. <laughs> You're like, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's what I want to do. We're going to make a T-shirt. That's all. Whenever I hear anything like that, the first thought I say is, i got to make that into a T-shirt. That would be a great T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I would, if I, I would have, you know our guy, Daniel Emery Price, down there, Boars in the Vineyard? Mm-hmm. They, I was talking to him, and I'm like, he's like, hey, you got more listeners? I'm like, yeah, I think we're up to 16. And he's like, yeah, we got 20. What? How did you get 20 listeners? And you know what their secret is? T-shirts? Twitter. Oh. Twitter. Psh. They're all over the Twitter. So we got like 16, 17 listeners. They are, they've, done, they've done 10, 12 shows or something like that, and they've already got 20 listeners, which I can't believe. Anyhow, you shall not covet your now, he, listeners. <laughs> he has a T-shirt shop. So he can sit there and think of T-shirts to make all day. You shall not covet your neighbor's location either. And get paid for it. Any, anywho... <laughs> That's where that's who made the one the one off T shirt of the Club Rogue River and Public Library. He had that printed. Anyway, Samuel continues. Well, he starts. <laughs> <laughs> we continue. He starts. Hello, Pastor Wolfmuller. I would like to start a COPD chapter. Oh yeah, I was explaining what the cult of pure doctrine is. So these guys said it's like we're walking around like we're the chairman of a cult of pure doctrine, and I said that's genius idea. So I copy I copy wrote it. I trademarked it. And now, Table Talk Radio has a copyright for the Cult of Pure Doctrine, and you can start a chapter. Now, the rules are very complex, uh, so I don't want to review them now. But this, I think, was going to application is going to fly because look, it says, "I'd like to start a COPD chapter. I would like to call it the Muhlenberg Nerf Ninja Chapter of the Cult of Pure Doctrine." I have attached the logo I made. My two ridiculous requirements are one: celebrate Martin Luther's birthday by going through a liturgical service and singing at least one hymn that he wrote. And, two, have a Nerf war with other chapter members on April 24th to commemorate the Battle of Muhlenberg on the Elbe. Uh, sincerely, Samuel Bolke, 11-year-old wannabe theologian, 11 years old, and president and only current member of the MNNCOTCOPD. That would be the Muhlenberg uh, Nerf Ninja chapter of the Cult of Pure Doctrine. Very nice. Uh, We've responded, Samuel, thank you for your application, although uh, after thorough review by our home office and legal department, your application has been re- uh, approved, although the choice of the Battle of Muhlenberg makes you suspect. Uh, regards, <laughs> Pastor Brian Wolfman. You know about the Battle of Muhlenberg? I didn't until I looked it up on Wikipedia, and that's when the uh, this is the Small Called League 
under the uh, rule of Elector John Frederick of Saxony, was beat. Was that when uh, you? Uh, was that about the same time you got schooled by an eleven-year-old? Yeah, that's about the same exact time. <laughs> but the Protestant army was destroyed; over seven thousand dead. Whew, that was a grave day. Now, why our friend here chose the Battle of Muhlenberg? See, I don't know. This might be—he might be trying to pull a fast one on us because if I was a secret, if I was a secret Catholic. And I was starting a cult of pure doctrine under false pretenses. I would choose the Battle of Muhlenberg as my name. That's all I'm saying. Right. So, Samuel, we got our eye on you, buddy. Okay. Uh, do we have any other emails passed? Let's do oh, a, yeah, let's we do a got another more. one. Let's do a couple uh, more. Yeah, we got one from Jerry in Texas. This is a longer one. Jerry writes, I recently came across an article posted on the Internet by Stephen Matson, a staff of Northwestern College in St. Paul, Minnesota. While it may take the reader a bit, uh, make the reader a bit uncomfortable, there's a lot of truth in what he writes. And then there's this article, ready? Mm-hmm. Titled, when, Christian, when Christians Love Theology More Than People. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to need you to re- say that again. Because I, I, cri- I think something cut out. I don't think I heard you. When Christians Love Theology More Than People. That's what I thought you said. Okay. That's a huge problem. All right. Uh, This dude writes, what is this guy's? Matson writes, beyond the realm of churches, religious blogs, and Bible colleges, nobody really cares about theology. (laughs) Whoa. Oh, yeah. Tell that to an 11-year-old in uh, the Muhlenberg chapter. Yeah, cult of pure doctrine. The cult of pure doctrine is... Cares uh, a lot, sir. Cares, uh, yes. I'll have you know. We, in the cult of pure doctrine, (laughs) take exception to that broad (laughs) statement. I'm going to revise this first line. Beyond the realm of churches, religious blogs, Bible colleges, and cults of pure doctrine, nobody really cares about theology. (laughs) What does matter is the way you treat other people. Within Christendom, we're often taught the exact opposite, that doctrines, traditions, theologies, the distinct beliefs are the only things that do matter. Uh, it's what separate churches, denominations, theologians, and those who are, quote, saved and, quote, unsaved. Historically, Christians have been tempted to categorize the Bible into numerous sets of beliefs that are either inspired or heretical, good or bad, right or wrong, with no room for doubt or questioning or uncertainty. It's easy to get caught up in theorizing about God, but within our everyday lives, re- uh, uh, reality... Wait, 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 wait. Is that what that word is? Yeah, reality is what matters to most people around us. As opposed to, what? The Fan- fantasy. Un- uh, fantasy of pure doctrine? Theorizing only becomes important once it becomes relevant and practical and applicable to our lives. Now, here's a number of bullet points. Ready? Mm-hmm. When I'm sick and you bring me a meal, I don't care whether you're a Calvinist or Arminian. When I'm poor and you give me some food and money, I don't care if you're premillennial or postmillennial. When I'm in the hospital and you send me a get well basket, I don't care what church your denomination is. When you visit my grandma in the nursing home, I don't care what style of worship music you listen to. When you're kind enough to shovel my parents' driveway, I don't care what translation of the Bible you read. When you give my friend a lift when his car breaks down, I don't care if you're Baptist or Catholic. When you help my grandmother carry a heavy load of groceries, I don't care what you believe about evolution. When When you protect my kids from getting hit by a car when they're running across the street, I don't care who your favorite theologian is. When you're celebrating my birthday with me, I don't care about your views related to baptism. When you grieve alongside me during the death of a family member, I don't care if you tithe or not. When you love me deep and in meaningful and authentic ways, nothing else matters. Uh, that reminds me of a song. The, nothing else matters. What's that song? I have no idea. This dude continues. 
But when you idolize belief systems and turn theology into an agenda, it positions the very idea of selfless, it poisons the very mm. idea of selfless love. The gospel message turns into propaganda. Friends turn into customers. Your relationship with God turns into a religion. Oh, oh my. my goodness. Uh, the practical application of your love is just as important to the theology behind it. This drones on for a bit. Okay. Now, Jerry continues. No doubt I'll be criticized for agreeing with someone who may appear to be less interested in things theological than those of us in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod profess to be. Nevertheless, these words come from a brother in Christ, and they make a lot of sense to me. And I believe Jesus would approve. <laughs> Wait a minute. Isn't that sort of a theological position? Right. <laughs> I don't care what Jesus says. That's theology. Why would you care if Jesus approves or not? Oh, my goodness. This is nuts. And okay. then it quotes Matthew 25. Jerry in Texas. Right. Okay. Let's let's talk about this idea that, um, let's see, when Christendom, or within Christendom, we're often taught the exact opposite, that doctrines, traditions, theologies, and distinct beliefs are the only things that do matter. It's what separates churches, denominations, theologians, and those who are saved versus unsaved. And then he continues, uh... Theorizing only becomes important be, uh, once it becomes relevant and practical and applicable to our lives. And then he goes to these bullet points. When I'm sick and you bring me a meal, I don't care whether you are a Calvinist or an Arminian. Okay, so this person either <laughs> thinks that we can save people by bringing them gift baskets, <laughs> and so therefore theology wouldn't matter. Um. Or, I don't know, what's the or? Uh, that that we can simply just love people into heaven. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's a, a, Jesus says, uh, he, Jesus, I, I mean, this is to quote Jesus, just to make sure we get this right. Jesus says, you will know the love of my people, and that will set you free. <laughs> <laughs> and And he didn't say, whatever you have heard before... From guys like Matthew and Luke, Jesus would never have said something like, beware of false doctrine. <laughs> right. and, and I don't care. I mean, probably if you uh, go, agree with this guy, you've probably not ever ridden, read as far in the Bible as First Timothy. And that's convenient because there you might come across this very crazy verse where Paul is obviously wrong when he says, give heed to the doctrine for in doing so you save yourselves and your listeners. <laughs> All right. So. So we need, and we just have about thirty seconds here. Um, the the reason some of these uh, typical Fort Wayne grads uh, are so <laughs> hung up about theology and getting the uh, getting doctrine right is because it is doctrine that saves. Now, if you are hearing that for the first time, that might take aback. But the word doctrine means teaching, and so what we the position that we hold is that the the teaching the the news about Jesus is what saved. Right. And if we get that wrong, we're taking the forgiveness of sins away from people. And so really, the most loving thing would be that we would uh, 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 take the time to read the Bible and read what it says and learn what it says. And then to say, um, hey, friend, Jesus died for you. And this is what the Bible says. We'll be right back with more about this on Table Talk Radio. Wanna lay in my bed. Don't feel like picking up my 
this is Jonathan Fisk, and Table Talk Radio is terrible. Laying there in the hospital, I don't ask the doctor, "Is this treatment what is what is going to make me better?" I just ask, "Is this is the doctor loving?" I don't ask, "Is this penicillin or chemo treatment?" I just want to know that he loves me. Yeah, that's right. When I'm sick and you bring me a meal, I don't care whether you're a Calvinist or Arminius. True, but when I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness, I do care if you're orthodox. When I'm on my deathbed, I do, in fact, care if you get the gospel right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you see what the problem is? I'm in the hospital, my grandmother's dying, all this sort of stuff. I need, I need a friend. Okay, fine. If you need a friend or you need someone to give you a food, it doesn't matter if they're theological. But if that's not all you need. You are a sinner, and so you need a Savior. You need Christ. And if your greatest need, I mean, look. If you if you see humanity's greatest need is that some people are poor and some people are sick and some people are mourning and and so what we really need is a is someone who's rich and and has food and can comfort you a shoulder to cry on then you do not understand the problem that we are dealing with mm-hmm. I mean the the problem is sin and the answer to sin is Christ on the cross and that my dear friends is doctrine <laughs> oh, typical Fort Wayne grin. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry, by the way, for sending this email. Well, I mean, so this whole uh, idea stems <laughs> from the idea that uh, the idea stems from this idea uh, that that denominationalism is bad and we should take the lowest common denominator amongst all the Christian churches. So uh, your uh, Christianity, your teaching is reduced to talk nothing more than what's found um, in the creeds. So um, all people, be- or I shouldn't say uh, all people, uh, all the Christian churches believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one God. All the Christian churches teach that uh, Jesus was uh, true God and true man. And uh, and that's, you know, that, that's about what you can say. Now, um, so, so you're not going to get bogged down like... Uh, theology, uh, talking about, you know, different views of justification, you know, things like that, because um, that you're just too concerned about theology. Now, it, it just so happens that uh, those in the time of the Reformation um, cared a lot about doctrine. Why? Because they found it was the difference between um, uh, having a terrified conscience and having a comforted conscience, right? <laughs> That's right. Oh, come on now. You're going to try to make the gospel and theology applicable? <laughs> oh, yeah, then that was the other assertion. I mean, we could go on all, all day about this. This, this but, whole but, thing is a disaster. I mean, this false dichotomies and what was, right. the, yeah, what was the other? The, 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 I mean, that, that theology isn't a reality. Yeah. Oh. So, so that That's theology right. is something uh, other than what's real. I mean... Okay. Well, all if, I know is we we got to be the church. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, this, this, you're right. I mean, this whole thing. I mean, like, just pick any five words, and you could go on a tirade about the disaster <laughs> of whatever this thing is, and how destructive this this particular thought is. I mean, I love people telling you know opining about how people care too much about theology. There's a bunch of guys like that out there. 
I run into guys that care about theology all every day. They just care about theology. They just sit. They never love their neighbor. They just (laughs) sit there and read Chemnitz and post on blogs and then kick little kids. That, all right. That's, well, now, that's my uh, that's reality I see all the time. All right. Well, Jerry in Texas, thank you for the email. If you have a, a question, comment, or a church sign, or a bumper sticker, or a Facebook status, you can send it to questions at tabletalkradio.org, or you can call us 1 800 385 SOLA. And, Pastor, let's go to that voicemail system. Well, this is Paul the Astrophysicist, member of the Boston Beer Party chapter oh, of the Cult of Pure Doctrine. Did you do this report, uh, two signs I saw. One was when I, I was so. crossing uh, Harvard Yard, I saw a man that was wearing a T-shirt that said, Beware of God. I wasn't sure whether he was preaching the law or if he was a new atheist <laughs> who uh, was afraid of God. Or And when I was heading to church on, on uh, Tuesday night, I saw a uh, Unitarian church with a sign that said, uh, Flower Communion next Sunday which what? I thought maybe to rediscover your innate goodness. I'm not sure what that was about, <laughs> but kind of confusing. That's a flower anyway, communion is like... Have, guys, have a good show. Bye. Tibish fought <laughs> <laughs> for springtime. Remember the Tibish fought? I do. I'm, so, I'm kind of surprised you do. <laughs> I, I was going to... Oh, man, I love Tibish fought. Uh, now, I was thinking of figuring out when it actually is so we could put on the calendar so every year we could have a annual Tibish fought memorial table talk radio episode, mm. assuming we make it through the year. Now, the what do they have? A flower communion? Do you think it's F-L-O-W-E-R or F-L-O-U-E-R? No, I, I'm going to say O-W-E-R because that just doesn't make sense otherwise. Do you think they eat the flowers? No, I bet they go up. I don't know. Don't you? Let's, let's try to. Why don't you Google it and find out what you can find? Right, um, meanwhile, I'll talk about this. Uh, what, what did you say it was a T-shirt? Beware of was. God. Um, I think it's dyslexic. It, it's more, li- more likely that this is not someone who's preaching the law, <laughs> beware of God and your sin, but rather probably... Uh, an, uh, someone, an atheist or someone who is kind of anti-religion. Oh, that was another feature of the email, by the way, we didn't even talk about when uh, this oh, yeah, religion assault, and relationship. assault on religion versus relationship. In any case, uh, so, but, but, but has a wiki article here. Maybe, maybe there's a point here to be made that uh, the, this um, writer of the article that you were reading and this atheists have the same perspective and that is that formal discussions of god is bad <laughs> yeah so i think this is just making a joke because of the you know the common sign that says beware of dog this the fact that dog and god spell is are it's the same letters is a uh, fodder for numerous jokes including this t-shirt oh yeah yeah but I'm but the idea is cool. that hey look um god is uh is um, this is the idea that religion um, is dangerous, right? Yeah, so that uh, when, when, once people start believing in religion, they start holy wars and they, <laughs> they drive uh, airplanes into buildings. And this is the result of religion. So beware of that idea. Yeah, like you said, playing off the sign of beware of dog. We had a uh, – this is a worldview. Where is our list of worldviews? Remember how we give each bumper sticker its own worldview? I do remember that once upon a time. I think there was a worldview like this. God is dangerous. Mm. The new atheist worldview. That would fit. 
Reading from Wikipedia, flower communion is a ritual service common in United Universalism, wait, Unitarian Universalism. Though the specific practices vary in form from one congregation to another, it's usually held before the summer when some congregations recess from holding services. Just take the summer off? Oh, well. I mean, you can believe in nothing at home just as well as at church, I suppose. That's true. For a typical flower communion, congregants contribute flowers to a central location, and later the flowers are distributed among the participants. Oh, I get it. Like, that's the same way Jesus fed the 5,000, remember? Mm. The first flower communion, called a flower celebration, was held in Prague in 1923. How are we just now hearing about it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the practice was reportedly introduced to Unitarians in the United States in 1940. Look, there's a whole big thing about this. Uh, let's see. Infinite. Oh, here's the prayer that is prayed as the flowers are distributed. Hold see, on. See, I, I don't on. get the flower I gave. Let me clo- Let me cover my ears and then you can read it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Infinite spirit of life, we ask thy blessings on these thy messengers of fellowship and love. The flowers? May they remind us, amid diversities of knowledge and of gifts, to be one in desire and affection and devotion to thy holy will. Whose holy will? Its holy will, I suppose. May they, the flowers, presumably, also remind us of the value of comradeship, of doing and sharing alike. (laughs) Because we're all in the Soviet Union, so we're a bunch of communists anyways. (laughs) May we cherish friendship as one of thy most precious gifts. That's all right. May we not let awareness of another's talents discourage us, sully our relationship, but may we realize that whatever we can do, great or small, the efforts of all of us are needed to do thy work in this world. Is this, this Wait is a just minute. Perf- it's, like a, it's like a demonstration of communism. Do you know who this wrote is. this prayer? No. The guy that wrote that article you're reading in the last email. <laughs> See, this, this is the problem, <laughs> because it's theological distinction that separates oh. us from the Unitarians. <laughs> And if you're going to say, hey, don't worry about theology, you're going to be in the Unitarian Church and you're going to hell. Man, I can't abide by your grumpy caring about orthodoxy anymore. You hate the lost, obviously. <laughs> obviously. I think this is great. So this, is, so you, now you have this kind of communist sacrament of the flowers. <laughs> I bring my flower. You bring your flower. The problem is, <laughs> this is I bring a rose and you bring like a clover. And you go home with my rose, and I'm stuck there with your clover to feed the cows. <laughs> That's perfect. Comedy. Someone brings like dandelions or poison ivy or you know poison oak or something like that. <laughs> That's May right. this show our love and uni- united, united together in brotherhood camaraderie, and go home with a rash. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of the classic Betty Butterfield episode, where she went to visit the Unitarians and came out saying. They told us to bring gloves next week. We were going to be outside gardening. (laughs) (laughs) It just so happens that our Lord Jesus established a church to dish out his true forgiveness of sins and word and sacraments. We have something more than just coming together. We're coming together to receive forgiveness of sins, and that's why we go to church. And after this commercial break, we'll have one more segment of emails, church signs, and Facebook statuses. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Everybody doing the mess around. Ah, everybody was juice. You can bet your soul. They did the boogie boogie with the study roll. They mess around. Mess around. They're doing the mess around. Everybody. 
Not really one of the best decisions you've made today. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. All this music from uh, Club Rogue River is going <laughs> to compel our new listeners in McCook, Nebraska to start Club McCook. Or <laughs> music public like library. that it, it can be heard. <laughs> or Club McCook and Butcher Shop. <laughs> you know, one of the many services oh, yeah. we provide for our listeners here on Table Talk Radio is uh, analyzing the church signs that you see and also the bumper stickers that you see. Uh, when people oh, call yeah. them in to 1-800-385-SOLA. And here's another one of those voicemails. Hi, this is Stephanie in St. Paul, Minnesota. I just drove by a United Church of Christ, and their sign said, God wants spiritual fruit, not religious nuts. Thanks. Have a good day. I'm totally against this, because I, I think that is, I think that church sign is directed against the celebration of the Tibishvat Seder. <laughs> what about the flower communion? Yeah, that's, yeah. Flowers, I'm sure. Well, I don't know if flowers have nuts exactly. Yeah, sure. Almonds start as flowers. See? This kind of discrimination against nature <laughs> and and God's creation from this united Methodist church where they have open hearts and open heads and open doors. <laughs> That's a sham. <laughs> that, that, I think they need, instead of calling themselves the united whatever they were church, they need to be the divided church. That kind of theology on a church sign, it's so divisive and hate-filled. Oh, and demanding. <laughs> Religious. What does it say? They want fruit and not nuts. That, that kind of... That's that so, kind of discrimination is almost, you could almost, someone could, I think, bring them up on charges. I think so. I'm going to call the DA. That's a, that's a hate crime right there. <laughs> that's right. All right, here's another one. Except for, I think it requires, it's talking about you. <laughs> Nut. Anyway. Hey there, this is Chris in Spring, Texas. I've got a church sign, and it's from a church in the Reformed denomination. It says, Summer 2013, just be... Have fun with that one. Hope to hear it soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was about six months ago. Anyway. Yeah, we're getting to this a little bit late. <laughs> it's like zero degrees outside. <laughs> it's hard to get in the spirit of the church, the summer church sign, in the middle of winter like this. I don't know how you expect me to that, handle this You just this made me forget. What did it what say? It said just be? Just be. That's right. <laughs> just be. Now, did it just... That's just what. That's just a point. I mean, that's what I've been telling you all along. You got to be church. Oh yeah, be church. Were you in Arizona last week? That's what they apparently they were talking about the whole time. We just got to be church. It's not even be the church anymore. It used to be we got to be the church, but now it's just we got to be church. Huh? Do you know about that? Uh, being the church? Yeah, I'm good at that. There's there's a. 
Here, I'm looking at a web site called B Church. Yeah? <laughs> now, Just B, every Tuesday night in Burley's Bar, Wimbledon. What is this? Hello, welcome to B Church. B Church is a community of people who are actively interested in finding out more about Jesus and what it is to live life in relationship with him. Oh, of course. This is... This is a, <laughs> I mean, it's... You know what I... Um, you have you seen the show called Extreme Makeover? We need a thing called no. Extreme Makeover Church Edition. And what you do is you start with the same old enthusiastic kind of moralistic mysticism, and then you just dress it up on with different clothes. You're like, oh, robes? That's Catholic Church. <laughs> oh, hipster glasses? That's the emergent church. <laughs> oh, sw- sweater with an invisible pulpit? That's a, a church growth evangelical church. It's just all the same stuff. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, man. Okay, I got another one for you. I mean, I... I, I yeah, let's go. Let's keep right. going, man. I got a search sign for you. Uh, the best vitamin for a Christian is B1. What? Oh, I get it. <laughs> you didn't get the pun That's at so, first. I, I, I was like, B1? No, it's B Church. <laughs> <laughs> this is totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> B one so, church, I get it. The best vitamin for a Christian. So it's just B1. saying to go be a Christian. That's yeah, what, that's right, what you need to do to be a Christian. Just be a Christian. Right, that's right. This, by the way, falls into the worldview of if only uh, the world knew that Christians could write puns. <laughs> <laughs> then what? <laughs> then they would come in droves to our know. church. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like that one that says, "We have you heard the church sign song? Have you heard that?" Oh, I think so, yeah. Oh, man, we got to have that. Yeah, we do. Um, 11-year-old <laughs> cult of pure doctrine chapter starters. <laughs> okay, got another one for you. So what do you think about this? Uh, the, uh, oh. I think there's some syncretism in that. Wait a minute, that's my buzzword. Oh, yeah. Hey, synergism. I think there's some secretism in that one. I've had like... Except for synergism. I've had like buzzword. all show the opportunity to say the word syncretism. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about that. synergism, unit. remember. What's that? Oh, synergism? I wasn't even listening to you. Is that my word? Forget it. I'm not even going to That's why I said yours should be syncretism when you were... Oh, that's right. (sighs) I was so busy finding my buzzword. and I I gave you different theological perspectives of a buzzword today. You don't get that in any old radio show. Only on Table Talk Radio do you get buzzwords (laughs) with different theological perspectives. That's right. Okay, another one to All our right, vo- I'm ready for some more. voicemail yep. system, 1-800-385-SOLA. Hey, guys, this is Peter, your Edit Monkey listener from Illinois, and I have a bumper sticker for you. It is uh, on a Pontiac Grand Am. I have no idea if that matters. And it says, it's the only bumper sticker they got. It says, good things come to those who pray. All right, have fun with that one. Man, that's not even a good pun. <laughs> the word the, pray, whatever the word you put in for pray is supposed to r- r- rhyme with wait. You know, that's what the that's how the phrase goes. Good things come to those who wait. Uh, and so, I mean, even good things come to those who wait and pray, or I don't know. The good things come to those who ain't not praying. Some. This just doesn't even. It's not even funny. Good things come to those who pray. 
I suppose that's as true as a true statement if we are able to define good things as the things that God has promised and not as the things that we want. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Have so I... good things might come like death. That might not be what we're praying for. <laughs> uh, have I went off recently about my pet peeve of uh, talking about um, uh, prayer being powerful? Or, no. or this is related to that. Prayer works. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> what, why, why would you possibly have an issue with that? Well, think of it this Typical way. Fort Wayne guy. Let's say um, my house is burning down. And so I get on the phone and I call 911. And uh, lo and behold, the fire department comes and they, with their fire hoses, put out the fire that is uh, on my house. And then I go to my neighbor and say, hey, calling 911 works. Calling 911 is powerful. It, it, I mean, it's, it's just the communi- communication to the person that can actually do something. But we yeah, don't yeah. say the person that's doing The fire department puts out fires. We say calling 911 works. And why do we say this? Because everything has to be about us. It's about my calling, my praying, my doing, rather than the Lord who's doing for me out of grace and mercy um, a, 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 apart from me. Because we we have to say, it was my praying that did it. Oh, my goodness. Prayer, prayer power. Oh, my goodness. You just hate the lost. <laughs> okay, got another one for you. Another one? Man, we should have done this Hi, a long this time Hi, this is Carolyn ago. from North Dakota again. Um, I'm behind a car that says, Happy Heathen. Uh, nature is my church. Life isn't about how to survive the storm, but how to dance in the rain. Uh, live simply so that others may simply live. And tree hugger, dirt worshiper. So Nuh-uh. there's another great car, uh, a Chrysler. Whoa. Concord. So, yeah. Have oh, a great yeah. day. Bye. Chrysler Concord. That's a Lutheran car. <laughs> Well, we're bringing a car this, of Concord. We're bringing a car of Concord. <laughs> we're bringing, bringing this bumper on a on doctrinal charges. That, that's I think Excuse I think me. by the way that um that right there is the worldview is I'm a hippie not like a Linda. <laughs> remember that worldview? I do. I remember I, how my mom is apparently not a hippie. Yeah, I, I remember that one because uh, your mom tells me every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh man, this is just, uh, surrounded by wolfmuthers. Oh, uh, okay. My you... mom, by the way, is accidentally overhears because she's the secretary there at Club Rogue River, <laughs> church secretary at Club Rogue River, and uh, and so she can constantly sit there and say, "Did Brian call me a hippie on the radio today?" <laughs> no. Okay. In uh, twenty seconds, how would you summarize the theology of a hippie? Well, this is, I mean, there's a, it says happy heathen, and I think we got to understand that we, we, for a long time, just used heathen as an adjective, but it's getting, it's gonna, it's coming around now with a capital H, and there are, there's this growth of hedonism and paganism and worship of the earth that we got to watch out for. All right, thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the book Evangelizing Through Puns. Volume 2. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. 
Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. 